Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Show, Sunday Nights. Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real life scenarios with real live people. Welcome everybody, thank you for coming to tonight's program. Um, tonight is our 26th year and I want to welcome Rabbi Weiss and I want to thank everybody first of all for um, for helping us and posting it on statuses and all over the place. A lot of people are getting to know about it, a lot of new people are coming, I'm hearing about it from all over. So again, everybody that's coming every week, we ask that if you could just let people know about it, post it on statuses and let people know about it, it'll be a tremendous chizik for everybody. Um, tonight again is the 26th year, Rabbi Weiss, Rabbi Moshe, my Weiss is coming here tonight. Shema Vaya, special year. We appreciate you coming. Um, first, I want to thank all of our advertising sponsors that advertise for us every week and help us get the message out there about our shear. We have first the Lakewood Scoop um, that every week that posted all over Lakewood. Hold on one second. And I want to thank uh, Rabbi and Yaniv from Chazak. Actually, Rabbi and Yaniv Chazak got, got us for Rabbi Moshe, my wife, and connected us. We appreciate that for that, for making the share happen tonight. And uh, also for COL Live, Mrs. Mika Sofer for promoting us on COL Live. And a special, special thank to Kyla Kaufman and to Shmuel Summer from the JCN Jewish Content Network for always promoting us on all digital platforms. Um, next, anyway, again, I just thought everybody know we have an amazing program with Rabbi Yaakov Bender from Yeshiva Dachi Torah in Far Rockaway, one of the biggest Magadishirim in Chinuch. And he'll be discussing some uh, tips on Chinuch. So I want to start off with our host, Coach Menachem, to open up with some, uh, a few words. Okay, welcome everyone. Thank you, Urshi. Number 26, Kanai Nahara. I want to welcome everyone to another show and let's get real with Coach Menachem. And Baruch Hashem, we're up to show number 26 and uh, fully booked, Mitz Hashem, the upcoming weeks. I want to thank you all, all the listeners, for the support and for showing up live, sharing it with your friends, and for those who sponsored, gave donations. All of the above helps to continue on our mission to get the real discussions that need to be discussed, to get around the table, to help us grow, and um, to help us overall. Thank you very much, Rabbi Wise, for coming tonight. Tonight's You're topic. Very welcome. Tonight's topic, surviving the COVID era as a Torah Jew and navigating its Shalom Bayes challenges. Now, I think this tonight's topic will be pretty much real because we did have on the show already Shalom Bayes, the topic, Shalom Bayes, and the COVID era, but we're coming back. And I think this is what's called real because most people would love to discuss it and be able to just continue as if everything is back to normal and uh, so to get some, some sort of normalcy. But the truth is just to, to listen to one, uh, just one sitting to get inspired one time is not always, doesn't, it doesn't become real. Uh, just to become inspired and go on, it has to be discussed again and see what we can do. And like most of us want things to go back to normal and we, it's hard to believe that we're still, um, we're still struggling with um, the COVID era. 
even though many places uh, we'll call them maybe in denial, it's just a, a confusing topic, like we'll hear tonight. Uh, different areas, if it's some people with the masks and the social distancing, and other people, you'll you you won't believe that uh, we're discussing this tonight. They'll be a little bit uh, in shock, but uh, I, it's very important to discuss it. And at the end of the day, when you have all of this uncertainty, like on one hand, it could be scary what we hear, what's going on in the world. On the other hand, we, how long can we sit with this uncertainty? It has an impact on a lot of things, impact on ourselves and automatically it could be financial on the kids and it funnels down usually to the relationships and the shalom bias and hopefully tonight we'll uh, be able to talk about it. And the, 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 some, sometimes there's underlying stress that we don't even know, even those who think they're back to normal. So tonight, Baruch Hashem, we have the honor to have Rabbi Moshe Shemir Weiss with us, who has years and years of experience, and now will help us, Mr. Hashem, navigate those challenges in these unsettling times. Thank you very much for being with us tonight. Thank you, Coach Benachem. Beautiful opening. I just want to say um, I got a call from a friend of mine uh, Friday who's really not doing well. Uh, he's really not well. So we're going to learn a little bit. Uh, the shir tonight should be is Chosrif Ushleim from Menachem and Devora. And for all the hundreds of people that are here tonight, I'm sure the thousands of people that will watch the video, it should be a schos for him to get her Ushleimah. Tonight again, we have Rabbi Moshe Weiss. I just, Rabbi Weiss, tell me if I'm wrong with anything. I try to put a little bio together. He's been a rough almost 40 years in a good Israel of Staten Island. Rabbi Moshe Meir Weiss considered one of the top Rabbanim today in Shalom Bayes series. He gives a tremendous amount of drushes. And I uh, figured that would be definitely one topic we want to discuss tonight. And we're also discussing, he's also, first of all, a popular writer. He has a lecture in Torah column that appears weekly in the Jewish press. And Matziv, Moshe Mary Weiss also published several books, Passionate Judaism, Meaningful Living, Challenging Times, also on Yom Neroyim, and Power Benching. Um, he gives a nightly Zoom Daf Yomi share at 7.45. I can give the number at the end of the share. And he also gives a weekly Chumash streaming share Thursday night at 9 p.m. on Torah Anytime. Again, I want to personally thank Rabbi Weiss for agreeing to come and being the Chazak Island. Tonight, we're going to be talking about two topics. They're, they're separate, but they're very intertwined. We're going to be talking about Shalom Bias, which is Rabbi Weiss's specialty, which uh, I want to say something about in a second. And COVID, uh, as like Menachem pointed out, uh, I mean, we're in Lakewood, so there is a certain feeling we don't want to talk about it, we don't want to discuss it, and it sort of doesn't exist. But in reality, um, quite a few people died just this week alone. And uh, it's not something we just want to brush under the rug. It's something that we should... You know, get some dastaira, some some adrocha, and hear some you know different concepts. Um, I just wanted to ask Rabbi Weiss before he speaks. Rabbi Weiss, can I, I can I ask you this if you want to answer it? You've been a rough for many many years in your shul. Can I ask you in your shul how many people have gotten divorced in your shul in the course of thirty eight years? Baruch Hashem, none. Okay, I just wanted to make sure clarify that because I wanted to hear if I hear that correctly. I didn't hear that correctly. So Rabbi Weiss, mm -hmm. please, please open up. Well, first of all. It's an honor to join your uh, wonderful Zoom program. Uh, I see 172 people over here. That's amazing. And that's the people that are live. I know that afterwards, many, many more people watch this. So it's a wonderful platform for Abbas's Taira. So thank you, Ashaparnas, Coach Menachem, for the COVID of coming on to your wonderful uh, program. And uh, I hope that this evening there will come out of this discussion some uh, positive benefit 
an inspiration. Now, I will tell you that the hosts did their best to try to dissuade me from talking about COVID. And uh, they basically said, you know, you're, you're annoying people with this and uh, they don't want to hear it. And uh, they have their already formed opinions. I, even my Robertson said to me, you know, ah, COVID, it's, people are tired of it. <laughs> Speak about something else, you know? And I told her, Shashi, if my words can possibly save one life, maybe yours, but one life, don't you think it's worth that this whole program, this whole coach, it's interesting that sometimes it takes history to realize what was the real challenge of the time. You know, when we talk about the time of the Holocaust, we don't have a roster of thousands of people that got involved in the Vadat Salah. You talk about Mike Tress, you talk about Irving Bunin, you talk about Ravaren Cutler, but it's not a long list. At the time, there were a lot of people that didn't get involved. Today, the challenge of our time is COVID-19. We're living in the midst of a magaifa. I was in Lakewood earlier this week. I live on Rupert Avenue in Staten Island. For 30 years, across Rupert Avenue was, was a wonderful family, the Weinstock family. Their girls were a little bit older than my children and all their girls babysat for my girls. They finished their Seder a little earlier. So some of the son-in-laws came over to our house afterwards to Proverbs Seder late. That's how close I am to this family. I sadly attended Pine Ridge earlier this week for the Leviah of Matis Weinstock, Matis Yob and Chaim Baruch, a mispal of mine before he retired to Lakewood of, of 25 years for sure, who died from COVID. He was healthy, he was learning, retired and learning, and now he's gone. He's gone from COVID. The, I went to school in Staten Island, Yeshiva Staten Island, I came in 1970. Two years later, a young boy came to Yeshiva Staten Island, P.G. Waxman. I remember him as a Bar Mitzvah boy. P.G. Waxman is now gone from COVID-19. I have a mechutten, the, the shver of my oldest daughter, Dr. Feldman, a healthy man. He's gone now, he lives in Lakewood. He's gone from COVID-19. COVID-19 is a reality. There are difficulties. I know, I, I, I'll give you another case in point. I have a shul in Staten Island, a good of Staten Island. We 
mask, we social distance. Nobody comes into the shul, nobody, unless they're wearing a mask. We don't have a simcha in the shul with eating because when you eat, you have to take off the mask. So we don't have it. We uh, had a Hasidic minion. They did not want to accept a, a zero tolerance on masking. They don't daven in the shul anymore. Um, Baruch Hashem, we haven't had a case of COVID. There's another shul that was not careful and one of its members passed away. The, 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 there is a reality over here. Now, somebody might say, you know, okay, Rabbi Weiss, you're a Rav. You have 206 people listening to you. So talk about a Torah topic. I want to read you a Gemara in Shabbos. I won't take a long time. A Gemara in Shabbos. We learned it in the Dafyomi this year, right? Everybody went to MetLite Stadium. We learned it in the Dafyomi. It's on Shabbos Daf Pei Beis. Rav Huna said to Rabbi his son, "My time Why don't you go to Rav Chista's here? The Mechadid and Shmaitzei. All his teachings are sharp. Why should I go to him? When I go to him, he stops talking about health matters. I'm going for Lundus. I'm going for Tuck for Kain. I'm going for Chardel. I'm going for Ribis. You know what he told me? I come into the share and he says, if you're going to the bathroom, don't sit down suddenly. Don't push too hard. Because the rectum sits on three glands. If you're going to push or sit down suddenly, you might, the, the glands might slip. And that's what I come to share for? Amalei. So his father told him, he's talking about life and death. And you say, ah, it's really This is the most important thing that we could be talking about. Now, but I don't only want to talk to you, and I'm setting the stage. We'll, 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 discuss, we'll have discussions. Don't worry, I'm not going to talk too long now, but it's not the only thing I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about realize that in 40 years from now, in 2060, our grandchildren are going to ask us, oh, wow, you lived through that COVID in like, 2020. What was it like? Did they really close the shuls from Purim to Pesach? Nobody, people ate their Seder alone? They, 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 they didn't burn the chametz. They didn't go to the Rav to sell the chametz. They did by phone. Nobody toiled new Kalim. What, did, did that really happen? Were they refrigerated morgues? What? They, they didn't bury people because the cemeteries were too busy? Did that really happen? Now we're gonna, they're gonna say to us, so, so what was it like? We would like to be able to look back 
and be proud of how we handled ourselves and what we did during Corona. And here I'm not just talking about safety. I'm talking about, wouldn't we be proud to say that every day we said Tillam for the nurses and the doctors? Wouldn't we be proud to say that we knew of people that were lonely because they couldn't get out, it was, wasn't safe for them, they were elderly, they were widows, and we called them often? This corona is such an opportunity with so many different aspects that there's so much to talk about. I'm gonna tell you something else. I had an epiphany on Shabbos. Epiphany, it's a fancy word. But I had an epiphany on Shabbos. You know, we had last week, we had an infestation in the house of fruit flies. It doesn't, has not, my wife is an incredible balabasta, but we had downstairs in the basement an old fridge and it somehow got spoiled and we had an infestation of fruit flies. Till you get rid of fruit flies, I mean, you have to surgically can clean all the surfaces because they lay, hey, don't ask. But I was thinking to myself, if the coronavirus, we were upset about the fruit flies. If the coronavirus was the size of a fruit fly or even smaller, but we could see it, whoa, it would be a whole different thing. Corona is coming. Look, stare at it. We can't see it. And since we can't see it, we have a whole different feeling. It's an invisible enemy. And I realize that so much of the success of our life is how we are able to bring to reality that which is invisible. You'll dive in a good way if you bring to reality that you're talking to the Rabbi Nishlam. But the Rabbi Nishlam is invisible. But you'll, you'll dive in good if you could bring to reality the Abishta. It's the mark of how you could bring to reality that which you can't see is another thing. You're supposed to be your Eishamayim. You're supposed to feel the Ayin Raya, Ayin Raya, the great camcorder in heaven. But you don't see that. If you bring it to reality, then you're Eichet, then you're sin-fearing. If you don't bring things to reality, you don't succeed in Yiddishkeit. And I believe that the test of Corona is, is that people are not really feeling the reality of the danger. And another thing, and with this, I'm gonna open it up to whatever else everybody's doing over here. I'm new to this wonderful forum. I see 234 people joining. So you're doing something really right over here. I mean, this is, this is, I just clap. This is an amazing forum. I'm going to tell you one other thing. I've always told my children, a mark of success in life, a mark of wisdom is, can you see ahead? I'm a chess player, so I appreciate seeing ahead. 
you know, grandmasters like Alekhine were sometimes able to see 15 force moves ahead. You know, I, I can't see, maybe I could see three to four moves ahead. But we have to look ahead. There are some projections that there's going to be in America, Rachmanelitzlon, by February, another 600,000 deaths. Now that, by the way, ah, don't go ah, because I've been from the beginning, I've been following 1918. And in 1918, the second wave, which was in the fall, killed 670,000 people in, in America. And many of them were young. There's a cemetery in Brooklyn that is rows and rows and rows of tombstones of young people that died in 1918. So I tell the children, prepare either for learning or for a parnasa, prepare ahead. When you choose a spouse, don't just look at that which is superficial, prepare for parenting, for a career of life. It's looking ahead. And of course, the ultimate looking ahead of looking towards Olam Abba, not just 120 years, but infinite years. Here also, we have to, we have to look ahead. And now I'll, I said, I said, I set the stage. So uh, let, let's let the hosts do what they do now next. Hey, thank you. We, 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 I have a lot of questions for Shalom Bias. We didn't even touch that yet. So we're going to get there. Let's give, let's give Rabbi Weiss a one minute break. We're going to take a little poll just to see what the oil thinks. We'll get some. Oh, sure. I just want to tell you that this conversation is so important that I don't come, mind coming on another time to talk about Shalom Bias. I don't want you to steer away from this because this is, um, this is the elephant in the room. This is a matter of life and death. I've seen too many people die. And I understand that if you have a house full of kids, it's very hard to think about masking. What are you supposed to do with the kids? What are you supposed to do with them playing with somebody? What it's demographically, a it's easier for me as a baby boomer who has a shul of baby boomers, it's easier for me to control it. When you have kids, children, Baruch Hashem, it, it complicates matters tremendously. But then again, a child could bring to a Bubby and Zaidi, Rachmanul's on death. I have not had my grandchildren in my home since Purim. They come outside. I have a trampoline in, in, in the back of my house. So they come outside. Both my wife's children, my children, they come outside and we see them and we Zoom them and we FaceTime them, but we haven't had them in the house. So we're talking sacrifice. Also, your house is clean, probably, also. Baruch Hashem. Okay, let's take a poll. And I'm going to have a bunch of questions. Again, tonight's year, we have Rabbi Weiss here. It's a big school for us to have him. And if, I, I, we're getting tons of questions. A lot of people are just texting. I didn't even look at it because I'm getting so much things happening at the same time. Let's try to get through some of the questions. And um, they want to know why we're discussing such a boring topic. It's such a boring, yeah, that's, that's every question is why it's such a boring topic. Like who cares about it? No, 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 there's a lot of good questions. We're gonna get to there. Okay, let's take a poll, okay? 
Okay, everybody, it's anonymous. We just want to get a little feeling for Rabbi Weiss over here. In what area has COVID had an impact in your life? A, marriage, B, finances, children, is C, D, all of the above, E, none of the above. That's the first question, everybody, please answer. Let's get a little feeling what the, what the crowd of COVID had any impact on you. Could be, has no shy deal. Second question, are you afraid of COVID? Yes, no, I am, I am confused. Otherwise, you, see, you could see what people are answering. Not, nobody else could see it until we share it. Yes, I'm, I'm taking careful note of everything. Yes, you just want to see what the crowd, what we're dealing with over here. Again, I'm going to repeat the question. What area has COVID had an impact in your life? A, marriage, B, finances, C, children, D, all the above, E, none of the above. Second question, are you afraid of COVID? Yes, no, I'm confused. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. So very interesting, Rabbi Weiss says over here, very little people say that COVID actually had an effect on their marriage. So I guess we have two separate shirim tonight, one for Shalom Bias and one for COVID. 16% uh, of people say finances, a whopping 33% of the winners, children, they feel that COVID had a massive effect on their children. 26% um, of people say all of the above, 20% of people say none of the above. But just interesting to see that it seems like, you know, children is, is a very big topic. Are you afraid of COVID? 38% of people, which is the majority say yes, 35% no, and 27% confused. You might have a split over here of people are confused of COVID or not. Somebody could X the screen. Okay, I'm gonna start off with the first question. I want everybody again to text me. Anybody who wants to ask, can you please, you know, obviously live questions go first. Rabbi, Rabbi Weiss wants live questions. He wants it to be interactive. He's here to, Rabbi Weiss, you want live questions? Yes. Yes, okay. So everybody should feel comfortable asking again for everybody. First question is a general COVID question. Can you give us some suggestions on how I could utilize the COVID pandemic? So as you say, I would look back and be proud of my behavior. Well, and this is very important because opportunity knocks. There is, you know, we have a, there's a Gemara that, there's a, a, a Pasuk that says, a thing in its proper time, how good it is. Now, one of the meanings of this is, is that I get a very excited feeling when I light my Hanukkah menorah at 45 minutes after Shkia. I know that that's not Ramosha's time, but there's a reason why I do it. I always wanted it to be accessible when my kids came home from school. And that's when they all got home. So I like, when I do it at that time, I know that unless I'm a Hatzola guy and I have a code call, I am doing the right thing with my life at this time. A lady lights 18 minutes before this man Shabbos candles, or she lights even early. She knows that she is doing right now. She's prepared. She's dressed properly. She knows she's doing the best thing that she could be doing at that time. The more often you have such a feeling, a man is learning because he doesn't have a mitzvah. He's doing the best thing that he could be doing. The more you can do that. That's one of the meanings of the puzzle. But there's another meaning. And that is try to talk about what the challenge is of the time. We are living during a time of challenge. Have I utilized this time properly? Do I daven 
do I have a list of chaylim that have COVID? Am I davening for them every day? You know, it says, Do I daven for people that are sick? I should have a list of people. There are people. Are my eyes trained to Eretz Yisrael? Anybody who's been in Eretz Yisrael knows it's a country that lives on tourism. Everything is tourism. Stores, everything. Taxis, everything. Hotels, everything. Tourism came completely to a halt. You know what's going on in Eretz Yisrael now? When I bench and I say, Am I thinking about Yerushalayim and Eretz Yisrael? These are COVID attitudes. These are things that we have to think about. And then let me ask you something else. Rabbi Olbaum puts it so beautifully. So beautifully. Is one of the senior rabbanim in America, Rabbi Olbaum from Queens. And at one time he was offered to be the Rosh Shiv of Torah Vadas. Another time he was offered to be the chief rabbi of Belgium. Rabbi Olbaum is one of our giants. He said that, you know, people do all kinds of chumras on Pesach. Everybody has their things. Some people mishnish, they don't eat by somebody's house. Some people, if something falls on the floor, they won't eat it <laughs> falling on the floor. They clean the floor. They, they did everything but scrape it. When it falls on the floor, I don't care what it is, they don't eat it. I mean, all kinds of chumras. Why? Because it says, Ushmartem esamatis. Watch the matis. Ushmartem. So says Rav Obam, when it comes to health, it says, Nishmartem say. Are we, are we doing that extra shmira? Are we, are we doing it for other people? It says, Kamira Sakantami Yisura. Now it's, I see, you know, they say polling is a tricky business. Nobody likes to say that their marriage is affected. No, it's polling is a tricky business, but nobody is shy about their children. My my stepson, uh, Simcha, is a wonderful Rebbe in the seventh grade in Torosemis, in Kamenitz. He asked me to come on to his Zoom class. So I went on for a half an hour. Never the children learning on Zoom. Never. The children are affected. Oh yeah, the children affected. So there's no question about it that children is, is a big issue. Uh, but I also like to point out with the polling that the polling was not split at all. 38% are afraid and 27% are confused. That 65% that are messed up. You know, that's not, it's, it, it, I'm sorry. It's it, 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 it's not a split. Okay, then there are thirty five percent that uh, they're not worried. 
They might not be worried about secondhand smoke either. You should worry about secondhand smoke. Secondhand smoke kills people. Uh, there are people that are not worried about first-hand smoke. But you know what? Let's go on to the next question. I don't want to talk too much on one question. Okay, Rabbi Weiss, we have a lot of questions for you. Okay. All yours. I, I don't hear it. Now I hear it. Well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for taking the time for this. Um, it's an interesting question in regards to Shalom bias and COVID. Um, that if you, what if you and your spouse have a different opinion of, or a different derech and how to deal with the restrictions? For example, um, you're, you're supposed to be wearing masks, you're supposed to be social distancing, and one spouse is very strict about it, and the other spouse is like totally not strict about it. Um, to the point, like where once one is saying, that, let, let's, I'll just say because I'm the wife, I'll say you should not be going to shul without a, a mask or without being careful or stuff like that, or with even with the kids, where the other sp the spouse is like, what's the big deal? No one else is doing it anyway. Why should I do it? Like, where, where do you draw the line in, in terms of, of Nishmartim and in terms of just keeping Shalom Bais and just saying do whatever makes you happy? Well, that's a, I, that's a, I want you to know that's an excellent question. We're getting and, a lot of questions like that. Okay, that's, it's an excellent question. And I, I have to tell you that if one spouse was extremely allergic to bee bites to the point that you uh, need to keep an EpiPen in the house, but the other spouse says, listen, I want to leave open the windows. I know we don't have screens, but I can't take it. I need fresh air. And the other one says, yeah, but if a bee comes in and I get a bite, I can end up in the hospital. Ah, you just worry too much. You're, nothing is going to happen. What are the chances that a bee is going to come into the house? So it, to me, it would seem to be obvious that you have to bend in the direction of a person that has a realistic fear. And there are, there are many examples of this. Uh, let's say you're driving in the car with your spouse and uh, you're driving uh, 75. And that's the flow of the traffic. And your spouse says, listen, I'm very nervous that you're going over 10 miles over the speed limit. I'm, I'm nervous. You know, you know, if a deer comes out or if, 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 if we get a flat, it's very dangerous. I'm sorry. No, you're being silly. So I think that all of us would say that with a reasonable discussion that the person that has the health concern should be the one that we're concerned about. Now, this And by the way, this is a real discussion. People have said, you know, I'm not comfortable that you go out and you wear your mask under your nose and then you come home to me, right? The person says, look, <laughs> the person says he's over 60 and uh, if he gets sick, it could be dangerous. So I, I, I think you're taking a chance. So... If 
that logic does not prevail, then I would say that the spouse that's concerned has to go to a mutually agreed upon Derech and present their case. And I don't think there's any Derech that would tell the spouse that's unconcerned, no, you can be cavalier about it. It's a free country. I, I actually had people come to me and I told them straight out, I'm sorry, but your husband or your wife is right. The, the doctors say that at their age bracket, they have to be careful because if they get corona, it could be possibly even lethal. And how could you play around with that? I don't, I, to me, I don't even hear the question. Uh, let me pose to you a question that you would be probably ready to accept my answer with easier. And I have this all the time in seminary when I teach the girls. A wife says, I don't want my husband smoking in the house. I don't want it. I don't want it around my kids. Secondhand smoke could kill. Secondhand smoke has been linked to sudden infant death syndrome in children. I don't want it. And the husband says, what are you talking about? My Rosh Hashimah smoked with the, with the Bahrain in the classroom. You're just being, you're being a pachton. You're bringing, being a germaphobe. Who do you think is right there? Of course the wife is right. And it's the same thing with COVID. COVID kills people. Now, you could complicate the question and say, but what about if I have antibodies? If I already had COVID? I'm sure we're going to get questions about that. So we'll leave that for later. What happened okay, with the next question? Uh, why am I echo? With the speeding, 75 and 65, what should they do? What? What happened with the speeding on the highway? Okay, so again, uh, I, I know that there's a certain grace period. I think it's seven miles that you could uh, go without the police stopping you. So therefore, I would say that if it's the seven miles, then the husband has a good case. But if it's over those seven miles, then I think the husband is doing an iser. They should make a pshara. I'm not saying a pshara. I'm saying what's okay. Hatter. To do, I know it's uh, Dina. I'll tell you an interesting story. A Rav told me this story personally. He gave Ramosha Feinstein a ride, and he got a speeding ticket. So he turned to Ramosha and he said to Ramosha, "Shluchay mitzvah in Nizakin. I'm giving her a shiva ride." So Ramosha looked at him with a twinkle and said to him, "That's why we got the ticket. That's the, that's a famous story." Next question. Okay, Rabbi Weiss, you have a lot of live questions coming in. Um, let them let them ask first. Cindy, you're on. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rabbi Weiss. I am um, very humbled to be able to be on the share with you. Um, I have a question, and it kind of segues from the previous person's question, um, but maybe it's a little bit of a different variation. You know, a lot of us, our, our, our spouses are all, you know, trying to be on the same page with this, but it's, it's irksome to me and I'm finding it very, very distressing 
my own kids, my my friends' children, they're in their 20s, they're in their 20s to 30s, married, not married. These people are all um, totally unaware of the severity of this disease. You know, we who are in our 40s and our 50s, we're trying, we have parents that are elderly, we ourselves, we wanna be careful. But my, my own kids, they're telling me to my face, it's a hoax. You know, President Trump says there's nothing to worry about. You know, all that aside, our kids, they were getting together, they're going to restaurants. These are from boys and girls getting together, talking, you know, in front of us, they're trying to do their best. And then when they're on their outside, they have no concept that this is something to be really, really afraid of. And I don't know how to handle it with my own kids. Baruch Hashem, I have five kids and they're brilliant okay, kids. Okay, so I, I, I understand this, the question. I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna paraphrase the question. And that is we from the older generation recognize the danger, but the younger children uh, just wanna go on with life as normal and we don't know what to do. So here's the thing, if the world would be at this point, only people of a young age, then we would be dealing with Corona at this point where it's not really uh, attacking healthy young people. At this point, we would have a different attitude. You know, for them, it might just be a nasty flu and we would, we would 100% be dealing with this differently. The problem is, is that when they um, intermingle with older people and older people, uh, I give you an example. Uh, we, we had somebody, a younger member in our shul that three days before Yom Kippur, he, developed a fever and he really felt that it was you know just uh, you know he, <laughs> he has a, a cold so we sent him for test but he wouldn't get the test back until Yom Kippur so I asked two um, specialists and they both said that he shouldn't come to Shul Yom Kippur and that's what he did he didn't come to Shul Yom Kippur. Now, if the Shul would be only young people, it, that wouldn't be the case. But we have people in the Shul that are over 80. We have people that have chemotherapy and are immune compromised. So obviously, he can't come to Shul. So now, there has to be an education to the young that is a danger to the older population. We have to tell them people are dying. They're dying because they caught COVID. They caught COVID likely, and this hurts, they caught COVID likely from somebody that wasn't wearing a mask. Because we know, I, I wanna give you some facts. A study was done in 198 countries those countries that had either through cultural norm or government mandate, those countries that mask 
were significantly lower in COVID incidents and COVID deaths. 15 states and the District of Columbia, the medical journals report did very intensive study and they found that COVID deaths significantly lessened when there was masking. Now, here I'm gonna tell you a piece of information which is kidai to listen to, not COVID related. I don't know, and, and maybe, maybe Coach Menachem or Usher knows the answer to this question. I don't know how many of the people listening tonight have access to social media, but social media has allowed that we can be impacted by articulate speakers who normally we would not let form our opinion. A person could get up, hold a mask and say, this doesn't help. It doesn't let, it doesn't stop COVID from entering because COVID is smaller than the mask. And we hear that and it becomes in our mind gospel. It's really stupid because most of the time COVID attaches itself to something. Most of the time. And the mask stops it, even a surgical mask. But because somebody gets up and holds a mask and he has a beard and he says it, a lot of people accept it as fact. You know, we've, it used to be in the past, we listened to people that we collectively vetted. We listened to a Rav Asher Weiss, the Gaivad, who happens to be my first cousin. And he, he told over a story of a man that came over to him. And he said, Rav Weiss, you have to help me. You have to, I can't sleep, I can't rest. He said, what's the matter? He said, I had a chaver who was really quarantining himself. He, he was immune compromised. But I said, ah, the whole thing is a narish trek. And I went to visit him and I was close to him. And I turned out at the time, I didn't know I was asymptomatic, I had COVID. Now my friend is dead. I was the only person that came into contact with him. I can't live with myself. I held it with the shtos, mask, shtos. I can't live with myself. So my cousin Ravasha told him, you know something? I, I, it's a shverazah. The only thing I could tell you is you should allow me to be mafaris in the story and that maybe will be a schus for you. This is, this is, I'm asking, answering Cindy. We need to tell the youth they want to go out to the pizza shop. They can't do it. They want to. They 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 they, they want to fabreng. They want to have a barbecue. They want to, fine, but they cannot then mingle with the older people. They can if they're going to be around without masks. They can't visit Bobby and Zay. They can't visit Grandpa and Grandma. They shouldn't be going into a minion in Zerushimshin if there's older people there. We, we, have to, we have to protect the elderly. The elderly are dying. 
How many funerals do we have to have until we realize that? Next question. Okay, I have a lot of live questions. I want to get into one Shalom Bias question over here. Somebody sent in, okay? Said, my spouse has been very depressed and scared and wants to start watching movies or doing other things to pick him up. I don't want to start this in my home. What advice can we do? Okay, so you have to understand that that question is a reality. People that are quarantined, meaning that they restricted themselves, they're not going to the gym anymore. They're not getting recreation. They're not going to schmooze with their friends. They're not going out uh, on trips. They're not eating out in restaurants. All the things that usually gave people a, uh, so to speak, a break is not there. And when is this going to end? And it's scary. A movie is an instant pick-me-up. You watch something with a happy ending. It takes you away from life. It relaxes you. It's, it's, it's a quick fix. But you have to understand that a movie is quicksand. Once you're into it, it's like I try very hard. Sometimes one of my Talmudim will come to me to ask me to write a letter so that they can collect money. They, uh, they have a sick child, uh, they're out of work, they want me to write a letter. And I tell them, I want you to know something. The day you start holding out your hand and getting money just by holding out your hand, it's very hard to go back to work. You got $100 in a minute. You get another $36 in a second. Once you do that, it's, it's quicksand. The same thing is true with a movie. What I would recommend the spouse that wants to do that, they should be instead, they should find a healthy outlet, whether it's a hobby, whether it's if there's a place where they could play ball, even if it's reading a mystery novel, it's much better to read than to watch. If it's a man, it's a problem. A man watching other women, it's a problem. That's what all these shows are. It's either violence or women. I would rather they even get into computer games than watching a movie. Now, don't get me wrong. Computer games is a big danger. I knew somebody who... I don't even want to say the name of the game, but he played a certain game that he wore a diaper because he didn't stop. It was interactive with people from all over the world and he was very good at it and he got so into it, he forgot to go to the bathroom. He made a Kabbalah not to play it on Arab Shabbos because he was afraid he would go straight into Shabbos. So the computer games are not simple, but it's better the computer game than watching a movie. A movie 
is a great danger to the house. And if Tati or mommy watches the movie, then why can't everybody else watch movies? And it brings down the house. It is one of the scourges of our generation. So get into chess, get into tennis, you know, social distance with tennis, get into basketball, get into running, get into shopping for in, and going out and shopping for antiques, get into biking, get into crossword puzzles, get into Sudoku, get into uh, anything, find something to do. And there are other things, by the way, to do. You can get into chesed. You could even, I tell you, a big chiddish. You could even get into learning. It's, it's you know, that's a, that's a way out suggestion. But there's some interesting things in learning. You know, boredom is a very big problem with COVID because it, it has interrupted a lot of people's normal schedules. And batola mevia l'deishiyamam. But during COVID, there's so many things there. People say, I never had time to do it. I always wanted to learn Navi. I never had the time. I always wanted to learn the sitter so I don't daven, like I don't know what I'm talking about. I never had the time. There's the time now. Get into something. Not a movie. Read Harry Potter. Yeah, don't worry about Harry Potter. I read it. It won't hurt you. Don't worry. Oh, I read Harry Potter. We're getting a lot more. Oh. Don't watch the Harry Potter movies, just the Harry Potter books. Okay, thank you very much, Rabbi Weiss and Coach Menachem and Rabbi Usher. Um, just a follow up question. With the same dynamics, I'm a marriage therapist and I have a couple, of course, it's not me. Um, I have a couple that is um, the wife is very afraid uh, properly of. COVID and her husband is very much not, and he has very strongly the support of his Rav. So she's asking me, what's her role as a wife? I'm okay. Rav, what's uh, my uh, let me clarify this. What does the Rav say? The Rav says, don't even call me. You wouldn't, if, if you had the flu, would you call me? This is nothing. This is just like the flu. Uh, and what about the people that died? Uh, maybe he killed them. I don't think it was nothing to my mechutin. He's he's in the cemetery right now. I I don't think over two hundred thousand people died in America. That's two hundred thousand times nothing. That's a lot of people. No, so I don't I don't think that anybody can say that it's nothing. Um, I, I, I what? We're not dealing with logic, we're dealing with... Okay, so here's the thing. Um, Rabbi Weiss. One, yeah, one second, I just wanna, I wanna, I wanna put this carefully. I, wa I wanna, there's one more preface to the question I wanna add, yeah. because it's, I, I'm, a lot of people are texting similar questions. A lot of people are saying also some are in their rows say don't be so mocked with it and just people are texting that so like how do, you, how do you deal with when a rov says don't be so mocked with okay so here's the thing we it's not it's not a new thing in Yisrael that there isn't a unanimity in uh, the rabbinical arena. There, there, 
There isn't. That's why, and and that's a Torahic thing. That's why it says Achrei Rabim Lahatos. Now we have, in the way we work, we have a collective body of major gedolim. So here in America, so Rav David Feinstein has been called, at least in some circles, a Paisik Adar of America. He says that you should mask. In the yeshiva of Staten Island, Rav Ruvain Feinstein sits in a plexiglass cubicle. Uh, his son-in-law, my brother, Davins, in a minion where everybody masks. Um, the the when there is such a problem, then I think that a spouse has the right to say that I don't feel comfortable with this. Let's go to a higher authority and and do just that. I want to go to a higher authority. I I'm I'm afraid that it's a sakana. I, I'm afraid of 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 of, of pikuach nefesh. Do you want me to walk around with you all the time with gloves and an I-95 mask? That's what you want your wife to do? I, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, if people weren't dying, what do we have, such a poor memory? We don't remember the refrigerated morgues in front of Maimonides? We don't see that there is in many states now that they're saying that their ICUs are already busting? It's, it's a real problem. Now, you notice that I didn't even touch in this discussion the element of Chilul Hashem. There's a huge Chilul Hashem going on. When the, when, when the Goyim, you know, it's interesting. The Yetzirah is so smart. The Yetzirah has managed us to deflect on the poor behavior of Governor Como and Mayor uh, de Blasio. And their behavior has been very poor to the Jewish people. But that's a deflection. The fact of the matter is, is that when the world that is suffering many, 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 many deaths sees Jews gathering and burning masks, that creates anti-Semitism and Chilul Hashem. There's no question about it. I mean. People are recipients of this Chilul Hashem. My wife's father was walking in uh, the train, from off the train, and somebody stopped him and he punched him. And now, he, he, you know, he's he's a man in his 70s. Now he has to walk around with a baseball cap. He doesn't feel safe to walk around. We're, the Chilul Hashem in the Catskills this summer, people by gas stations, Goyim, we're pulling their kids away. Oh, it's not safe to be near the Jews. It's a huge Chilul Hashem. Uh, getting back to your question, which is a tough one, because I never, I'm a big um, champion of the local rub. Uh, you know, I'm a big champion of that. But I would give the same thing uh, if a local rub walks into a vart and outside of the vart smokes a cigarette. So I would tell the people that I'm sorry. You have to, th th this, this is not proper behavior. 
And I think it's the same thing over here. Telling someone that COVID is a shtus when we're having a whole slew of levias now going on. How can you say it's a shtus? In Pine Ridge on Monday, nobody was thinking it was a shtus. Matis Weinstock with a huge family is gone. What's next? Rebel Weiss, we have a lot more questions. I, I Listen, I have the whole night. Anna. Can you unmute? Okay, hi. So my question is almost maybe theoretical a little bit um, and practical. If it's true that coronavirus presumably spread much more because of Purim, because how cluelessly we were going around sharing everything and crowding together. What are we supposed to do next time? Like, how are we supposed to anticipate the next situation and who to listen to and like, just figure well, out I, what to do you, to be you know, safe? You know, Anna, we don't have to worry about way, the next Connie. situation. Sorry. We're in it now. Uh, before we get to the next situation, we got we got to deal with now. We're 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 in the thick of it now. Uh, you have to realize that there are a lot of people that took tremendous precautions and don't have antibodies. Like uh, my wife and I, we tested. We didn't have antibodies. We presumably still don't have antibodies. So we we are, we are in danger. There, there are many people that don't have antibodies. The virus is still very live. Like I said, if we were able to see this microbe, it would be an entirely different discussion. The enemy is here. What do you think the Aguda is making? A Aguda in terms of has said that we should say Avinu Malkeinu tomorrow morning and different kapitlach of Tillam we're going to say in my shul. It's not just because of election day. It's because of Avinu Malkeinu Menam The head of the Agud isn't here anymore. The Novominsk Rebbe, just a few days before he passed away, he made a video telling people to be careful about, about uh, COVID. It's, 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 a real, it's a real danger. You know what? I'm not going to wait for a question. I want to address something which a lot of people are a little bit confused about. People say... Look, I got antibodies. I don't got I, I don't got a mask. And you know, if people suspect me, well, they're just not keeping the mitzvah betzedek tishpat amisecha. They should know that I have antibodies. And and if they're gonna be that's not my problem. They're they're just not Torah people. So first of all, there's two fallacies in this. The first thing is, is like I spoke to several doctors in anticipation of this question in the year. We don't know, we don't know uh, how long the antibodies last. We don't know what strength of antibodies is needed to protect the person. Uh, we don't know if antibodies will protect you from a different strain or mutation, and this is a problem with the vaccine also that everybody is grappling with. There's a lot of things that we don't know about this virus. I will tell you, and I found it was a little bit of a twist of fate, 
uh, that today I, ha I have been staying away from Borough Park simply, I'm afraid, you know, it's a hot zone, eh? but uh, I wear my I-95 mask and uh, I want to call my wife, El Shashi. Um, if you could bring me a mask. But, but anyway, um, I, I, we went into Borough Park to vis visit my wife's parents, to make a visit with masks and everything. And I stopped, I, we didn't have wine for Shabbos. So we stopped, I stopped to buy wine. And it happened to be that the storekeeper I know is an Altaid. He told me he got COVID and he got it last year. And when he was recovering it from it, he had a heart attack. And they say that, thank you very much. He, 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 he got a heart attack. He was recovering from it. And Baruch Hashem, I saw him wearing a mask. And I said to him, I see you're masking. Is it just because he said, no, I tested oh, myself and I don't have antibodies anymore. And they told me that for me, I could get reinfected and it could kill me, chas So he's wearing a mask again. So first of all, the 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 almost the uh, leave me alone. I have antibodies. It's not so certain. The CDC for sure says it's not certain. Somebody says, "Ah, oh, the CDC is just trying to scare people." Uh, but the doctors, it's a funny thing. When you want to know if you can eat on Yom Kippur, you ask the mumchim. The mumchim are the infectious disease specialists. They're all telling you that you should still mask even if you have antibodies. They're also saying that antibodies should not be a criteria to, 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 to people not to let them into shul if they're not masking. That we, we, did, we did research on this. But besides that, it's also not true that you don't have to worry about uh, myrosine. I have uh, in my shul a very wonderful geriatric specialist who had a severe case of corona. And he was in Maimonides when everybody was dying in Maimonides. And uh, he could have, Baruch Hashem, he survived. He had a very scary time there, very scary time uh, in Maimonides. He could have, Rachman Lutzlan, he has a lot of schusim, he survived. He wears a mask in shul. And he told me, if anything, I'm going to wear a mask because I want other people to wear a mask. And if I don't wear a mask, they might not wear a mask. And I don't want people to be chayshin me. Not everybody knows that I had corona and I have antibodies. So this, let me tell you, Rabbi Ruben Feinstein used to have a house on the corner of Drumgul and Bloomingdale Road. He lit two menorahs, one on the window facing Bloomingdale and one on the window of facing drum, because that's what the Gemara says. If you have two windows and two sides of the street, you should light a menorah by each window. So somebody that passes by should not think that you're not lighting the menorah. Now you'll say, what, somebody is chayshin, but Ruben Feinstein not lighting the menorah? <laughs> no, that's the din of shad. We're supposed to be over, above suspicion. But more than that, if we're gonna want people to mask, then we can't stop making exceptions. You don't mask, this one mask, it won't work. So in my shul, everybody masks and Baruch Hashem, everybody is safe. 
Okay, I've talked too long. I'll take another question. I'm just wondering, could we make it a little bit, um, like you said before, the younger generation, they can daven in the shul together, maybe even without masking, but they shouldn't mingle with their older parents or uh, elderly people. Yes. So again, if you're living in an insular situation where you could do that, I think that that's something that can, the problem is, is that many people have an elderly parent or even a younger parent that's immune compromised because of chemo or diabetes or is, 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 is uh, obese. That's the problem. That's what makes it complicated. I would say again, if you have an area that's only the youth, this can be dealt with differently. This could be dealt with differently than, you know, uh, the chances of it being fatal or, or, or you know, it, it's not just a problem of fatal. Some people's kidneys have been ruined. Some people have now problems with blood clots. Here's another example of, of how, you know, we hear a lot about this anti-malaria drug. It's, it's a good drug together with the cocktail, together with the zinc and the z pack. It works for certain people. But for other people, you'll talk to heart specialists that anti-malaria drug, if they have certain heart problems, it could be fatal. So just to say, I could take the anti-malaria drug, no problem. That's again, a casualty of social media. Any other questions? Very good, a friend of mine, Fried, wants to ask a question. He actually has his own tent minion for, for our neighborhood. And uh, anybody who's very Macbeth or people that have issues, he runs that minion. So, take it away. Shalom, Rabbi Weiss. I would like to relate a question, generally speaking, what a lot of people ask me. And I try to take myself precautions to a certain extent against the virus. And people are asking, so what is your plan going forward? Do you plan a quarantine till Mashiach comes? Are you going to stop your life forever? What will okay. you answer to that? Okay, so here's a question. What's the exit strategy over here? So I am very heartened by, I'm a big student of history. As soon as this happened, I read whatever I could about the Spanish flu in 1918. You have to understand that the Spanish flu in 1918 was much worse than COVID. In the second wave, it killed over 670,000 people. And just to give you one anecdote from Philadelphia, four women played bridge together one night. It's like it's like a card game, bridge. The next morning, three were dead. It was that terrible. We got over the Spanish flu. It did take more than a year. It did take more than a year. It started in the spring of 1918. It didn't finish till after the third wave came in the uh, spring of 1919. It didn't finish till after that, but we got over it. We will get over this. The virus will die out. And by the way, they never came out up with a vaccine for the Spanish flu. But we did get over, the Spanish flu killed worldwide 50 million people. 
50 million. We did get over the Spanish flu. We will get over COVID. It will die out. The question is that we have to be careful until it does. Now, will people change their habits? I hope so. I hope people will learn to wash their hands better, myself included. I will tell you that I was from those that were privileged to give a hesped recently on TorahAnytime.com uh, for a, a Victor Miller. And there was another person that gave a hesped, Reb Gindi. And he remembers that Rav Miller never touched the doorknob. Rav Miller always opened the doorknob with the sleeve of his raincoat. He never touched the doorknob. So I did, when I heard this from him, I did the quick arithmetic and I figured out that Rav Gindi was eight years old in 1980. Rav Victor Miller was eight years old in 1918. And perhaps that here and that, that lingered with him. So will things remain from COVID? Yes. Will we be over with it? Yes. And I believe we'll be over with it even without a vaccine because the vaccine is not going to be the answer all. If there's different mutations and there's going to be enough people that will not take the vaccine, that's anti-vaccine. That's a whole other uh, ball of wax. But um, it, it will. we will get over it. And uh, we will get out of it because what's going to happen is people will slowly stop dying. But until they do, and here they're not stopping to die, the numbers are growing. If you see the projections, people say, oh, they're just trying to scare you. They're not. <laughs> Look, I, I personally, I, I, I'm a Trump man. I find that we're better off with him than the whole liberal agenda. I'm a, but I don't think President Trump is handling Corona correctly. I don't think, listen, <laughs> I, I don't think it's, it's, <laughs> he's not that tyra, far from it. I don't think he's handling Corona correctly. Um, uh, but right now we are in the middle of a crisis. And when you're in the middle of crisis, it's interesting. My father was in Auschwitz. That period lasted six years. Nobody said, when will this be over? They had it six years. I mean, really, I mean, it's more than that, but the, the intense time from 39 to 45, it's six years. This, this is not six years. You know, we, 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 we have a pandemic, a magaifa, the Rebbe Kivaker, the Shalmeshe says, at a time of a magaifa, you're mechasa the, the peh, you're mechasa the af, you, 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 the Gemara says, deva be'ir, kenois raglecha, we, we, nobody says, well, when is this going to end? That's, again, this is, this is not, this is not smart talk, when it's going to end, it will end. But right now it's not ending. Right now we're, we're burying people. Right now people are getting sick. 
Next question. I think it's a, it's important. Uh, I think to, tonight's topic, the Olam should hear it. Obviously, to figure out how to change habits, um, uh, everybody's going to have to figure out how and uh, where they are. But I want to I want to back up a little bit. One second. One second. Let me before you continue, and I'll give you a chance to speak. Of course. Sure. Uh, this is a people's forum over here. I'm not rushing off. You know, I. I uh, to me, this is Dvarim Shaim Shalaylam. But I, when you talk about changing habits, everybody recommends the three W's. They're not too difficult. The three W's are washing hands. But by the way, washing hands, I, I don't like soap. Before this, I didn't do it. I don't, I don't like soap. I just don't like the feel. I don't like washing hands. Which means, by the way, what they say, not just to touch it, but to, to, to you know, get it, you know, the 22nd drill, you know, sing a song, you know, and, 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 and use the right thing, you know, and wash your hands. That's the first W. The second W is wear a mask. Now, I want to talk to you about wearing a mask. You see, I, I'm not just wearing a mask because of you. I like myself also. It's but it's right? So I wear an I-95. Now, okay, people will tell you with my beard, really, the right way to do it is to shave off the beard. That's what they said with the gas mask. They said in Eretz Yisrael that really they wanted people to shave off their beard. Okay, so I'm not shaving off my beard. I'm not, you know, but I put on the mask. Now, putting on the mask, is a tricky business. Why? Because if you notice, if I'm not careful, the outside of the mask touches the membrane of my eye. And COVID is spread through the membrane of the eye. So I wear glasses, but I try to keep it that it the outside doesn't touch. Now, this is a fresh mask. But notice that a lot of times I'll touch the mask outside. That's not a good thing. Once I touch the mask on the outside, then I shouldn't be touching my eyes or any sensitive place until I wash my hands. It's difficult because your dime is funny, I saying. Hands move. You have to train yourself. But these are things that we have to know. Right? Uh, so if you want, you could wear, it's harder to wear an I-95, but it's safer. But at least wear the second W is wearing masks. And the third W is watch social distancing. Don't get on top of people. Now, again, as Coach Menachem said, if you're amongst young people and those young people are not seeding older people, that's the key. If you're taking care of an elderly parent, then you're not a young person. If you're visiting your parents that are over 60, then you're not a young person. If you're davening in a minion and you're next to older people, then you're not a young person. If you keep in a bubble of only young people, it's a whole different story, a whole different story. But unfortunately, we don't have many of those bubbles. It, there are people that have gone up to the Catskills and they're staying in young communities and they're staying in a bubble that's different. Okay, I, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I, I go back to you. 
Yes, there's a lot of people are having a hard time um, figuring these out and Shalom bias, but this is a question that came in. Um, like we heard Usher mentioned that you had a very great success, high success rates in uh, helping marriages. So this question is, what is it that we are looking for in a good marriage and how do we achieve that specifically in these days? Maybe you can tell us a few tips that you use for your island. Okay. So first of all, again, I want to preface that um, a baby boomer island has different needs than a island with children. The one of the one, one, you know, one of the things that I'm curious about is in our group over here, uh, uh, Asher, is there a way to throw up a question for polling? Um, we have to put it together, but what's the question? You want to know how old people are if most people have kids? No, I know. I want to put up a question. How many people are working at home? Okay, do it and we'll be ready in five minutes. Okay, I, I, because I think that this is a very big thing. You know, Rav Miller used to say that for many couples, being together too much is not healthy. Because when they're together too much, they start really realizing each other's flaws. And they start getting in the way of each other. And they start criticizing each other. And they, that's a huge problem. If people are working remotely, all of a sudden, the husband is around the wife too much. And that's a huge problem in Shalom Bayis. That's number one. Number two, and this is maybe even uh, more of a problem, the Pasuk says, Anoisein givuleich shalom, chelev chitem yazbiech. I will make in your borders peace uh, when I give in your cupboards wheat. And the Gemara says that if there's uh, food in the cupboard, then there's shalom in the home. But if the if the family is struggling financially, so then that tension spills over into the shalom bites. There are a lot of people now, because of COVID, that are suffering financially. And when people suffer financially, that affects the, the, the shalom in the home. Also, this, you know, it's interesting. Tomorrow, in, uh, let's see what we got over here. Uh, it's coming up. It didn't come up yet. We'll, we'll get it soon. Um, uh, but until we do, let me finish. Tomorrow, Monday morning, we, um, have in, in, in some shuls, slichus bahab. It's bahab tinyana. That means that on the Monday, Thursday, and Monday, after Sukkot and Pesach, uh, after we finish with Rishkaidish and everything, we say slichus. One of the reasons why we say slichus is because of the change of seasons and people get sick during the change of seasons. Included in that is a well-known thing that anybody that has any time of any type of mental health issue, 
a lot of times with the change of seasons and with the winter coming and the nights getting starting earlier, they get depressed. And added to that is the COVID blues. The COVID blues is the fact that, as I said before, people can't do a lot of their recreational activity. Gyms are closed, exercise classes are closed, uh, manicure and pedicures are closed, uh, uh, basketball games aren't being held, uh, uh, the, uh, restaurants don't have in, inside dining, there's getaways that people don't feel comfortable to go on an airplane and travel, you can't get away to Israel, there's all kinds, and you can't even plan Simchas are being truncated and, 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 and people aren't going out to public verts where they used to have a good time together and, and Brisson are only for immediate family. There's a lot of our life that has been interrupted and that causes people to be blue. And when you're blue, at the best, you pull down your spouse because if you're blue, you're going to pull down your spouse. Uh, at the worst, because you're blue, you take it out on your spouse and uh, your spouse reacts to you in kind. So, uh, poll's ready. So go ahead. Okay. As Rabbi Weiss, we're going to take a poll. If anybody could just answer, are you currently working home? Yes or no? Just to see if people are working at home. Let's see what type of crowd we have here tonight. Five. Four, three, two. Okay. We got a lot of people working at home. Yeah, 40, 45% of the people are working at home. 55% of the people are not working at home. Okay, we got, we got a lot of people. That's almost half the crowd working at home. That, by the way, is a a huge warning sign. That means that a lot of people tonight here, excuse me for saying it, a lot of people over here were lying because it says that we only had 5% marriage problems. I'm telling you right now, that's impossible. I'm just kidding. I wish everybody should have a happy marriage and everybody should be doing great. Oh, but that I is- I see a lot of people saying they're, they're moving to Staten Island to, to David and Yeshul. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, then I'm moving to Lakewood. Uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> but uh, the, the, there is, when, when people who are not used to, now there are, don't get me wrong, there are husband and wives that work together and they're a wonderful team. There are husband and wives that work in offices. There are husband and wives that, uh, but we're talking about people that beforehand chose not to live that way. We're talking about people that beforehand had a healthy break and they got a chance to miss their spouse and they got a chance to, to, to you know, have alone time and they got a chance to, to, to ear out and they got to, and now they don't. So you have to realize a, a, a big answer to your question is, Forewarned is forearmed. 
if you realize this is a problem, then you could figure out ways that it shouldn't be such a problem. I'm going to give my spouse a time to go out, go out, uh, go out and take a run, go out and do some shopping. I'll watch the kids, kids that are underfoot much more. You see that? <laughs> we didn't even scratch that, you know, the, but, but, but if you realize that a, a husband used to get out to go to Shear, now he's going to Shear on Zoom. He's not even getting out to go to Shear. A lot of people, uh, are, when people are afraid, they're not, the, 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 the davening has been shortened uh, because pe people are davening outside. That's been shortened. It, 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 there's not enough breaks. So create those breaks. That's number one. Number two, as we said, recreation helps as a valve to release steam that can otherwise cause anger, can cause nastiness, can cause unpleasantness. Those releases are, many of them are missing. You gotta create other ones, you know, whether it's getting into reading. You know, call a friend from years ago and spend time with a friend that you haven't connected. Likely, that friend who never had the time now has the time and is looking to connect too. You know, COVID is a wonderful time to reconnect with old friends because likely they're stuck also and they're looking from some camaraderie also. They don't have the normal outlets also. So that's a good thing to do. It could be done by Zoom. It could be done by FaceTime. It could be done in many different ways. Uh, you know, um, take, take on an old hobby. Uh, get involved in online painting. Uh, you know, this, or spend time with children that live away with Zoom. If you're a, a Bubby Zadie, spend time with the grandchildren. Create things to do that you have other releases to replace the releases that you usually had. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in davening for your spouse. This is a good time to spot davening for your spouse. In last week's parasha, sorry, Menu said to Avram, she was angry. Well, she said, you stole from me. Why? Because you said, I'm childless. If you would have said, we're childless, maybe I would have had a child and not Hagar. Why didn't you daven for me? Spouses should daven for each other. It shouldn't go, and I want you to know, if you don't daven for your spouse, you're a thief. That's the lotion of Kamasi. Kamasi is Kamas is stealing. The Rav, Rav Shak says, You withhold something that's expected, you're a thief. Pray for your spouse, whether it's in Barakalena, whether it's in Ashkivena, whether it's in Shmachalena. I'll take another question. 
or a follow-up, whatever. We're getting more show and bias questions now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask. Somebody texted out. I'm going to read it. It's a little complicated question. I can't ask this question live, but I was wondering if advice could be given for a couple who just started therapy, so hopefully all will be helped through. But as far as the husband feels, the main issue would be both himself and his wife are speaking different languages. One says something one way, and the other one thinks that they're yelling, and many other scenarios like that. A lot of fights stem from that, and a lot of issues are stem from this issue. So basically, they're talking different languages, and they're hearing different things, and they're fighting with each other. They're mishearing what it is. In English, communications issues. Big communications issues. Big communications. First of all, I think, uh, I think it was either Rashi Shapiro. I think it was Rashi Shapiro. It's either Rashi Shapiro or Dr. Mayer Wickler wrote a very good uh, book on marriage communication. That's a good book to read. Uh, sometimes you can help yourself a lot more. Sometimes a person reads something and it flicks a switch. The second thing is, is the Bali Musa teach us that we need to See, I'm a, I'm a great, I'm a great proponent that chess should be taught in schools because one of the disciplines of chess that a lot of people are lacking is they don't see things from the other person's perspective. If you want to play chess properly, you can't just make your plans and figure out your attack. You have to get into the other person's mind and think what are they thinking. That other, if you don't do that, you can't be a good chess player. And that's so necessary in marriage. You have to say, how do I look to the other person? Or what is it like to be married to me? That's a very big thing. What is it like? Now, some people, if they're honest, yikes! To be married to me? Yay! That's if you're met. But a person has to say, how do I sound when I get excited? I don't think I'm raising my voice, but how do I sound to the other person? Right? How do I give the other person a chance to talk? Do I give them enough time to express themselves? Do they see that I'm making an effort to be attentive, to empathize with what they're feeling? Do, do I know how to apologize? A lot of people don't know how to apologize. They're a very big problem. And that's that. You see, if you could shut down a disagreement, it doesn't do much damage. People, the, the people that have problems is when it lingers on and it festers. They don't shut it down. Usually they don't shut it down because they don't know how to apologize, how to end something. You know, I wouldn't like it if you did that to me. That's empathy. But that's not enough. And I'm going to take the following steps that it won't happen again. That's an apology. And that buries the hatch. By the way, that's not my Kiddush. It's 
charata l'sha'avar, and kabbalah l'ozit, right? The steps of doing tshuva. Um, I could go on pontificating, but I want to hear some more questions. There's so many more questions, Rabbi Weiss. I, I, I don't know what to say. But before, the last, we'll try to do two more, maybe. I don't know. Let's go. I, have I, I look. I'm I'm here. If the especially, I have to tell you, especially if it's about COVID, because I don't think the Oilam gets it. You see, let, let me let me tell you something. We cannot afford to follow the crowd. There are people that have followed the crowd and they're dead. Why, what, what happened? Nobody's wearing masks. I'm not gonna wear a mask. I'm gonna stick out. That's what people say. You know, I go into a shul and if I wear a mask, everybody looks at me like I'm a joke, right? And then this person who can't handle the virus does. We cannot afford, especially, and I'm gonna say this again, especially as Coach Menachem emphasized, especially if you live and you're interacting with older people, if you're interacting with older people, then you have to wear a mask around them. Now, I don't care if you had COVID, it's still not safe. We don't know. People don't have antibodies anymore. People are getting reinfected again. It's not so common, but people are getting reinfected again. But Hamira Sakantami Isura, it's dangerous. And our Gedalim are telling us that we should be careful. All the Aguda has a team of five infectious disease specialists. They're all saying that you should mask. I've yet to meet an infectious disease specialist who told me, no, I don't hold the masking. I've yet to meet somebody like that. Okay, I... You ready, Rev. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, hold on one second. The question is like this. It's completely off topic, but I think it's a good question. What's the best way to approach addictions in a family unwilling of man to take financial responsibility for the family as such? While Shuva is, who's the best? Uh, it's, 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 I mean, let me go to a different question. Sorry. Pause that one. By the way, I just want to say, since addiction was brought up, mm -hmm. these are things that in Shidduchin one should find out about. Because addictions are a very serious problem. So that if there is a problem of addictions and a person has what it takes, they should move on to a different shidduch. Addictions are a serious problem. Usually, usually they don't let the oil know. Uh, well, uh, you see, that's where not just calling the people on the resume is important. Because of course the people on the resume won't let you know about it. But you have to call people. And remember, when you call people, you have to be a little clever. You're not going to get somebody to say a negative thing about. But if you have a suspicion that the person is, let's say, has a terrible temper, so you say, 
is he the kind of placid kind of fellow or is he very hasidic? So it doesn't sound so bad. You know, if you want to find out if somebody is in an introvert, so you're going to say, is he an extrovert or an introvert? Nobody's going to say my friend is an introvert. So you say, is he the last at the wedding or is he the fireplace Friday night guy? You know, so you got you got to you got to you know make things okay. Yeah, next. I had a little feelers. Yeah, that's right. We should do him. That's that feelers. Al zois yispal kol chosid laes mitzay. It's a professional gemara brachos. Matzah isha matzah toiv. Of course, you have to daven. Some people say you should start davening already in the delivery room. Let's do one more question. If there's another live one, there's I'm pending a live one, then we'll ask live. It's a very, very important question. We're married for over 20 years. Our marriage is okay, but the best, we're just managing. I don't see where things can change. Basically, I'm in a situation of just accepting what my marriage is and what my spouse is. Is there a healthy approach, practically and spiritually? And if not, what should I do? How long are they married? 20 years. Oh, babies. Okay. So, so l- let me tell you like this. I'm going to tell you what my belief is in this area. First of all, could you ask, do they have children? I'm going to say yes, even though I don't know who this person is. I'm going to assume they have a bunch of children. Okay. You see, there's an interesting thing that when Yaakov had his confrontation with Esau, so Esau asked him an unusual question. They were lined up, you know, Leah had her kids, Rachel had her kids, Billa had her kids, Zilpah had her kids. So Asaph said, me Eilelach, who are these to you? <laughs> Weird question. What do you think, they were the bus driver's kids? <laughs> Yaakov answers also in a very interesting way. Habonim asher konan the children that Hashem graced your servant. So what was the give and take? So one of the G'dayle Admirim of yesteryear said, Mi Eila, Eila is the same letters as Leia. Mi Leila. Who is Leia to you? I was supposed to get Leia, Asaf said. With two twins, Jacob and Asaf, and Rachel and Leia. The younger one was supposed to get a younger one. The older one was supposed to go to the older one. Asa said, I was supposed to get Leia. Me, 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 Leia, you stole, you stole my Basherta. So what did Yaakov answer? If Leia was your Basherta, do you think that I would have had six Shvatim and Dina from her? That's proof that she's my Bashar. People say, if there's such a thing as a Bashar, then why should you check out all these questions before dating? It's a Bashar. Bashar is not for before. Before you have to make a shtam. Bashar is for afterwards. If you have children, most of the time that means that it's your Bashar. And if it's your Bashar, then Hashem made it that you could be happy with your spouse. Because that's what Hashem did. He says, and, and 
40 days before the Yitzira of the Vlad, Hashem made an announcement, Bas Pliny, Pliny. Now, the reason why it was 40 days before is because, you know, it's like you buy a computer, it says Intel inside. It was 40 days before because your missus was programmed in you to compliment you. So every marriage with his children could work. Unfortunately, the Tyra also says that sometimes it's Azer and sometimes it's Kenegdai. Zacha Nasa Loi Azer, Loi Zacha Nasa Kenegdai. So I would tell somebody that's married 20 years and it's not, and who says it's not going to get any better that I would say they should revise their opinion. That it's not so, that it's necessarily, I don't know, of course, <laughs> this is such an open-ended conversation. We, I don't know what the issues are, but a lot of times a person even married 20 years could do things a different way and make things incredibly better. Now, it also could be that there's certain expectations that have to be lowered. It could also be that a person needs to themselves become happier in order to be happy in the marriage. A lot of times that's the case. So there's, you know, this is a very open-ended discussion. It could be many, many different things. It could be that the spouse that they're married to needs somebody that understands why they're unhappy because unhappy people hurt people. So they might need somebody to understand why they're unhappy. It could be that the spouse is not behaving properly in intimate areas in the marriage. And that is something which uh, could impact on the entire marriage. So there's a lot of different elements that are possible. Uh, that's as much as I can answer, uh, you know, without knowing at all what the problem is. Um, was that, did that help at all? Yeah. I, 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 I want to know if there's any other COVID question. There's one more live question. I think it's a COVID question. I think that then we'll go to closing after that. Okay, everybody? Does that work for uh, you? Whatever. It's your show. <laughs> okay. You know, I want to tell you that when I have an oilum asking, I don't stop until they stop asking. So. Okay. You're on. CP, you're on. Okay, hi. Thank you so much for the clarity. Um, I, it was really an eye-opener about the COVID and everything. It's, yeah, sometimes I guess we do need that wake-up call. Um, my question is only, um, you mentioned about social media, that because we have so much access to social media and we see that, you know, people are saying this mask is nothing worth and so on and so forth. Actually, my, percep my perception was just the opposite. Like in the beginning of COVID, um, the people that had no access to social media were totally like in the dark and they had no idea of the severity of the situation, whereas people that had access to social media were the ones wearing the mask and, and, and social distancing and so on. So okay, basically, I want to stop you and I want to say that you're absolutely correct about that. Right. You're absolutely insulated Hasidic communities that had no access, had no clue about the severity of the danger. You're, you're right. absolutely correct about that. Right. So that goes that's into different why, conversations. Yeah. That's why your leaders need to have social media. 
Um, well, well, one second. Let me let me let me go further. My comments about social media are based on something said by a Freya de Kabelzarev. I'm not sure it was Shalom Mibels, but one of the Freya de Kabelzarevs. The Belzareva was against the newspapers. And I'm not talking about the secular newspapers. He was against the Torah newspaper. And the reason was, is that they became the Rosh Hashivas of the women. At that time, the women didn't have access to Shiram. There was no TorahAnytime.com. There was no Kalalashin. There were no workshops that were available online. Their rebellion were the, were, the, were the newspapers. And he did not want to give the opinion of the women into the hands of articulate writers. He wanted it to be in the hands of the Rabbonim, of the Shtat, of the Gedele Rosh Hashiva and Admirim. And what's happening now with social media is that people all of a sudden think they're experts because they could research something on their own. They think that they know better than experts. They, they think this is true where people try to diagnose themselves psychiatrically. It, people who decide because of what they research not to give a measles vaccine. And it's true now about COVID about not wearing a mask, about uh, taking certain medicines. So social media has a very, very dangerous side. Right. Um, so it's basically, it's a give and take, because you're saying that on social media, we do see that the mask is nothing worth. Um, so basically, it's very confusing to know. So you're saying that all the scientists and um, from the infectious disease department, they all say that the masks are very imperative. So this is on the one hand. On the other hand, we have certain experts and experienced doctors and so on and so forth saying that it's not, it's, it's just a political thing, these masks. No, so no, how no. Do we... You see, but that's the thing. A letter went around in Lakewood from all of the pediatricians, every single one of them. I saw Dr. Shannick, Dr. Gittleman, every single one of them saying that masking was important. So you tell me that these so-called experts on social media, we're talking about that the Aguda went around and culled from all over the country the biggest microbiologists and infectious disease doctors. So but you tell me that there are experts. That's the problem. So how do we know how to tell the difference? So let's say I actually belong you to the listen Hasidish. to me. <laughs> okay. No, but I'm, I'm actually, serious. I'm actually Hasidish and the, the you know, the... Well, the then, you, then, then you find one of the daily admirim. Look, the, the, the Stalin Rebbe masked all the way in the beginning. The, a lot of right. the daily admirim did. Right. And then the there are other, you know, wherever I belong to or whatever, they, they say, you know, you say hidden emissions and will kind to wear the mask because that's what's mandated of us. But not that this is going to actually save us. This is not actually going to protect us. It's just that we're doing, you know, what the government is asking us oh, to do well, just for the sake of Chil Hashem. One, one second. Do you think that you could smoke except that it's not a good idea because the government tells you not to smoke? No. But, but are you going to die anyway if you're supposed to die? Yes. 
No. Why? No. That's the thing. Do you live near the nine? Near the nine, no. You don't live in Lakewood? No. Oh, okay. Where do you live? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Okay. You know Ocean Parkway? Yes. Okay. Uh, tomorrow, what do you think is going to happen if you cross Avenue J uh, on a red light? So there's basic things that you have to do you know with stop You know what's going to happen? You're going to become a pancake. Not, not, you're going to become a pancake, right? Like in Aunt Jemima, right? a pancake. Mm -hmm. Because we, the, the, there's proper histadlis. And proper histadlis during a time of magaifa is to protect yourself from the magaifa. And that's what I'm telling people. And if we see that people that, that were quarantining and doing everything right, they actually ended up never passing away. What do we have to take out of that? Okay, so that's a good point. Now, you have to understand something. And this issue was raised earlier. A person could be as careful as they want to, but if their wife or their child or anybody else that had access to them wasn't careful, they're going to get infected. That's not. But we're one. talking about people that were careful. They were in a home and a you know living okay, homes. Th that's number one. Number two, when you're dealing with a small microbe that's not visible to the eye, unfortunately, and this is true, unfortunately, a person could be careful, but it could come in on a fruit. It could. It, it, it could come that's anyway. True. There is that is an act of God. That there mm. is a certain amount of act of God. And then there, there is, is a, there is a time when it's the person's case and Hashem chose for them to die through COVID. That is true. But that doesn't free us of the shtablis of protecting ourselves. It, it's true that somebody might be very careful driver and wear seatbelts and not text, right? Right. And still get killed by a, a drunken driver. But that doesn't mean that he shouldn't wear a seatbelt. And that doesn't mean that, 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 that he should text while driving. Right. The problem is, though, that I maybe I've been influenced again by social media, but basically what I take out of this is there's a major aspect of the hospitals neglecting their patients, and that's why so many people have died. So why should I think that, why should I trust those people that have neglected those patients? Whoa, whoa one second. Do you know how many people were saved? Yes. Correct. That, that's, that's so silly. This is the problem. That's so silly. Do you know how many of the people in the hospitals are risking their lives? Do you know, we have doctors and nurses that went in and as soon as I have a radiologist in my shul, that as soon as he comes into his house, he strips, he runs into the shower, he disinfects himself because he doesn't want to bring the sickness to his family, but he's there on the front lines, lines risking his life. We have somebody in our community, Dr. Kleiner, who's a nephrologist. He's already an older man, and he goes in there and he risks his life. You see, this is the problem. You would do yourself a favor and take a tannis from social media for a while. Because but then I wouldn't know the severity. But then I wouldn't know about the Zoom meeting, and I wouldn't be here. So it. Well, okay. We... So, but now that you know, you could take a tonus. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious because you see, 
you're letting your mind be molded by social media. You're saying things that don't even make sense. But but we heard firsthand cases of so many people that were that died not out of COVID, but but out of thirst or hunger or neglect. Okay, so it's true that in the beginning days the hospital staff was overwhelmed. Hatzala told me stories. First of all, everybody was frightened. Right. They didn't know. There were reports coming out of Wuhan that of the, the first responders were dying and they were being cremated. They didn't, people didn't even want to, people were running scared. Mm-hmm. And during that time, it's true that some patients got neglected. But by and large, our health providers, our doctors, our nurses have been incredible, incredible. You, you talk to Hatsala, you'll find that, that they've been incredible. Okay. What's next? Yeah, I think we just need to clarify with the social media, with the Hasidish Oilam, they, they don't know how to eat this because they don't have social media. The question is, what's the Eitzah for them? Okay, so, so the, there is a collective responsibility. Now, it's not for me, Pee Wee Weiss, it's not for me to, to pontificate. But there is a collective responsibility on the Manhige Hatsibur. You know, there's a reason why we say Dor Dor Vidarshav, Dor Doru Manhiga. Every generation and it's Darshanam. Any why? Because in certain generations they talked about the Avaidazara Balpaar. And in other generations they talked about Ayyafastaya. And in other generations they talked about uh going up to the base of Migdish properly and bringing the right carbon up. In our generation, we need to talk about COVID. That's, it's, and, and we have to let pe- alert people to the danger. So uh, that, that needs to be done. And that's, that's, I don't, I, I don't, I, it's not for me to tell Manhige Casidas how to act, but I know Rav Weiss is a close Mirgachasit, and he's surely telling his people about what's going on. The Stalin Rebbe surely told his people about what's going on, you know? <laughs> so I, I, I know that there are Hasidic people that are doing that. I can't talk for all Hasidic. Hey, Rabbi, Rabbi Weiss, thank you. I mean, I'm going to go to closing. We're going to wrap up. If you want to, I want you to speak at the end if you have a few minutes. Um, I just want to let you know we got a lot of more questions that we did not get to. That's A. And also, we did not talk Shalom Bayez. Rabbi Weiss style, so I'm just letting you know. Okay, you know, so I could come on a different time. I just want to know in the whole board of questions, is there any COVID question that we didn't touch? More controversial, more like there are bottom that don't agree with it. Is it like like what the lady was saying to some, you know, some, how about the schools in Lakewood that are all open? What about business that are open? There's a lot of this type of, you know, conversation pieces well, that. I, you know, I, I want to say something about that. Let's say your child, goes to a school that's opening and is not masking. You see, we have, in Staten Island, I have what we call the Chaim Oizer Father and Son Learning Program. So we debated what to do, and we decided that we have an infrared thermometer at the door. We have somebody that checks every father and child before getting into the room, that their masks are on properly, then we have a monitor going around. We have areas where uh, the families sit with social distancing. 
And this Matzah Shabbos, we had 80 fathers and sons, 80 children, and 10 more on Zoom because they were in quarantine in the room. So it can be done. But if your child is not in a place where they're following regulations, that means that it's very possible that the child is in the room, even with a child that went to school sick. I'm not even talking about asymptomatic because the child could be sick with fever, but the parents had to go to work. They sent the child. Child's okay. He looks okay. If you have somebody at home, you have to keep your child away from that person. That child could kill a grandparent. That's something that we have to, that's everybody's responsibility. That child could kill a grandparent. I know the grandparent is chalishing to hug their grandchild, but they could, that child could, that hug could be a hug of death. Okay. Okay. First of all, guys, so I'm going to go to closing. First of all, I want to thank Reverend Moshe May Weiss for coming on tonight, giving us so much chizik, so much clarity on COVID. I have to be honest with you. I think a lot of people are a little bit uh, blown away over here. I, I honestly think so. I think that. I'm again, I'm going to speak, you know, again for, for myself. I'm not talking for anybody, but in Lakewood, you know, we do want to go past it. We don't want to think about it. We we do feel that there are clusters of our neighborhoods that are younger people, and it's not so gay. We got it. We got the antibodies, Gagangan. We don't want to think about it. But uh, let's be honest, there were a few people this week in Lakewood that were 58 years old, very young, that died, and it was only from COVID, nothing more. Do so, you have Do you have elderly parents? Um, I do have an elderly father, yes. Okay. Do you, I assume you want him to live till 120. Yes. So okay, so then, <laughs> then you have to be careful. That's what this is about. Yeah. I, I don't want to be a prophet of doom. I, no. can't st- I can't stand wearing the mask. I want to, I like to take my wife out to eat. I, 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 I like to exercise. I like to do a lot of things. I want this to be over. And it will be over. That was a point that was made. It will be over. It's very important to know. It will be over. And let's daven for it. Tomorrow we'll say, Avinu Malkeinu for it. It will be over. But while it is this way, especially amongst the elderly, the people with diabetes, perhaps with lung diseases, people that are obese, people that are immune compromised because of chemotherapy, we have to be careful. I'm going to continue. 100%. Um, again, tonight's share should be Shlema, a good friend of mine from, from back in the old days in the Yeshiva, Menachem and Devera. You should have a big Rufu Shlema. I hope this share, there was Machazic, hundreds of people, not thousands of people, and maybe even save one life for Everwise. Maybe one. That's right. This Chus is unbelievable. Again, next Sunday, we're going to have an amazing program with Rabbi Yaakov Bender, Shiva Darchi Torah in Far Rockaway. We're talking about some Chinuch stuff. Obviously, everybody knows Rabbi Bender is the, is the king of Chinuch, and it's going to be probably an amazing share. Please come back and see it. Robert Weiss, you know you do have to come back again. I'm just letting you know. You're on the roster. Um, again, tonight, um, everything is recorded. Everything will be live uh, tomorrow on Coach Menachem's website, menachembernfeld.com. Um, if anybody has any questions, uh, please email coachmenachem at gmail.com. Rabbi Weiss, a few people texted me. They wanted your contact information, your email. They wanted to send you questions. Can, can you give sure, somebody? Sure, they can. R-M-M-W-S-I at AOL.com. That's Rabbi Meshmer Weiss, Staten Island at AOL.com. Thank you. Um, again, if you want to hear this share on the phone, we also have a recording. This is share number 26. 
Um, the number is 732-924-8464. Again, that's 732-924-8464. Again, a special thank you to all the advertising sponsors every week. Again, the Lakewood Scoop, thank you for advertising us. And Rabbi and Yoni from Chazak for actually putting together, Rabbi Weiss putting us together, being Mashadachas. We really appreciate it. And for and again, people should go to chazak.org. They offer a tremendous amount of programming. And special thank you to Chayla Kaufman and Shmuel Summer for, um, from the JCN Network for always promoting us digitally on all the digital websites so people get to know about it. Coach Menachem, a few closing words, and then Rabbi Weiss. First from Coach Menachem. Yeah, wow. This, I believe it was a heavy awakening. It's hard for people... It sounds like in the beginning, before Pesach, what we heard tonight, it sounds like it just happened. And uh, we're months after that. And like uh, we know that many people are trying to get back to normal. And, uh, you know, Hashem Yerachim, we should be able to get back fast. But uh, yeah, we had a heavy awakening. And uh, like we discussed, changing habits is not easy, but this is something that we see people dying the the five w's but also when a, when when a person goes through it sorrow sometimes it's hard to see the way out when you're in it it's how it looks like there's no way out and you try to find loopholes or something how to get out but like we heard from the chizik from rabbi weiss we will be out we should be able to look back and say we did our status and uh, we we with what we did saved many people's lives. Hashem should help. I guess we have to hear more. Um, we have to hear more on Shalom Bayes. We have to hear more on, on the strengthening, what to do on COVID. The, tonight is the biggest virus, but we have to continue. We can't just stick our head in the sand. And Amit Hashem, with the Tfilis tomorrow and the Tfilis Bechlal, we should be Zoycha to the Geula. And thank you, Rabbi Weiss. Uh, tonight was... Uh, Heavy, and thank you for that. Everybody, I'm sorry to do this, but a few people didn't hear the email again. Can you say it again clearly? Yeah. And then I have some closing remarks. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the email is rmmwsi at aol.com. It's Rabbi Moshimei Staten Island. The initials at aol.com. Um, I, I, first of all, I want to thank uh, Coach Menachem and uh, Ravashapanis for inviting me and all of you uh, people for giving a Sunday evening to join us. And you know, I wanna tell you that the result of this year should not be to have a grim life. Uh, I I'm a big believer that we figure out ways to have a good life, even during the Magaifa. Uh, you know, uh, go out for a drive and see the leaves change. Go up to the country and figure out a way to be, if you have children, to be in the park and where there's nobody around and let them run around and, and take a kite and have a good time. And, uh, you know, if you can't eat out, get takeout and make a picnic for the family and uh throw a special tablecloth on the floor and maybe even can't do this with little kids, but even may even like candles and, you know, make it special and, 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 and find time that you could do something special with your spouse, figure it out. You know, I'm not, the, 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 this, I'm not 
I'm not uh, pontificating uh, doom and gloom. Far from it. I'm just saying that there's a danger lurking and it would be foolish not to be careful. And I don't think that's what the Rabbi Shalom wants from us. I think we'll look back afterwards, when we look back years later, people will be proud to say that they taught their children to wear masks. Somebody said to me, you know, Rabbi Weiss, I could understand, but when you're davening and answering, you're facing the wall, take off the mask. You want to stand before the in the palace of the king with a mask? You shouldn't even see your face. And I said, Adirab, the Rabbi Shalom is proud of you that you're wearing a mask. And, and you know what a lesson it is to teach little children to wear a mask so they shouldn't cause older people to get sick and teaching them about I see the children by my learning program sitting for an hour with masks and I'm so proud of them. And I told them, if you wanna hear that cheer, it's a short cheer, uh, a nine minute cheer I told to the kids it's on uh, TorahAnytime.com in the kids section. Uh, what will I remember about COVID? It's worthwhile to listen to that. I also want to say um, that uh, I want to utilize this wonderful platform to invite uh, the Eilam to two of my shiurim. If anybody learns Dafyaimi and they want to join my Zoom Dafyaimi, I have a Zoom Dafyaimi every night of the week at 7.45 p.m. As a matter of fact, I finished my dafyaimi not uh, long before I came on here uh, uh, at 7.45 p.m. And you go to zoom.com and you put in my ID, which happens to be my cell phone, 718-916-3100. 718-916-3100. But don't call me about Shalom Bayez problems because I'm, I, I'm afraid I don't have time to give individual counseling outside of my shul. But uh, if you want to join the Zoom, Dafyami, so zoom.com, and then 718-916-3100. Also, I give a weekly Parsha share, which is um, streamed live on TorahAnytime.com at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Thursday night. So you can go to TorahAnytime.com, press live shirim at 9 o'clock. It's a live share on the Parsha from 9 till about 10 o'clock. I just want to end uh, with a word about Negeus. How Negeus partiality changes our reality of something. Uh, my Rebetzin has been telling me properly that I should be much more careful with texting in the car. Uh, I'm a busy guy. And I am a, a extremely good multitasker, but she shows me the statistics that multitasking, schmultitasking, uh, when you text, when you drive, you could be distracted for a millisecond and that can cost a life. And the truth of the matter is, is my busyness creates an argument because of my negias. And that's a reality. There are people that are uncomfortable with masks. They can't take it. So because of that, because of that negias, so they start forming all kinds of reasons not to wear a mask. Now, you know how far negias goes? 
do you know that there was a very high level, very high level discussion of whether to intercalate a year in the Jewish calendar? That means that in the olden days, they didn't have the fixed 19 year calendar of Hillel Anasi, but there were all kinds of complex calculations to decide if they made a leap year. Some of them are simple. If there was a bad winter and there was a lot of pothole repair before the pilgrims came up, so they added an extra order so that they should be able to fix the pothole. All kinds of calculations. It has to be that Nisan has to fall out in the spring. So sometimes since the lunar year is 354 days, and the solar year is 365, it has to be realigned, so you have to add a month. It's very intricate. One of the greatest people in Claudius was the Kain Gadol. The Kain Gadol was banned from sitting on this body that made the decision. You know why? Because he wanted that the year should be early so that the mikvah on Yom Kippur should still be warm. He wanted a warm mikvah. He had to go in the mikvah five times on Yom Kippur. So he wanted a warm mikvah, so he wasn't allowed to be in that because he wants a warm mikvah, it's going to affect his decision? Yes. The king, the Melech Yisrael, wasn't allowed to be on that august body. Why? Because the king paid the, the army by the year. So he wanted an extra month to save money for the army. So because of that Nagiyas, he was barred from this gathering. We don't realize that when something is hard for us, we jump at all the opinions that say not to do it. Masking is hard. It's uncomfortable going outside. I mean, I have to sit and chill on Rosh Hashanah with this army. You're kidding, six hours on a sit like this on Rosh Hashanah? Yeah, it's hard. But maybe somebody's alive. That's what it is. It's a matter of life and death. And you know something? <laughs> Before COVID, I would be drooling to speak about Shalom Bay. Drooling. I know when I give a person an idea in Shalom Bayis, I can make their life sweeter. I love to speak about Shalom Bayis. I love it. But COVID is, it's a matter of life and death. I want to just to give the Ilam some different perspective, no matter where you live and now, no matter which crisis you belong to. People are dying all over the place. <laughs> And it's scary. We're losing Gedalim. We're losing Admirim. We're losing Rabbanim. Just the loss of Rav Label cats. Rav Label cats. How many, how many families, Rav Label cats, who used to pick up the phone with both hands? Hello to Paskin Shilas about Tyrus and Mishpacha. For years, the world is so poor without Rav Label cats. Novomitsky Rebbe, he was a messenger for Klal Yisrael. The world is poor without Rami Kohn, the great male. He was male 
over 20,000 Russians. He was a partisan. He survived Hitler. He died from COVID. It's, it's, it's a danger. In this course, and again, I thank Coach Menachem and Usher and all of you. In the schuss of us getting together to make a Kiddush Shemayim Barabim and to learn how to protect ourselves and our families. May Hashem bless us, like was said, we could be the most careful and still be in danger. So we need Hashem. May Hashem protect us that we should be gesund. We should know that we're gesund. We should have shalom and parnasa b'revach of the covered. Shalom al Yisrael. And takat it should be the gula shleima b'mher Amen. Amen. Thank you again. Let's see everybody next week. And by the way, Rabbi Bender, yes, you don't want to miss him. No, I'm, I'm going to be here. You're, I'm telling everybody. You don't want to miss him. You know, my 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 son Nehemiah, my Bukhar, is is a fourth grade rabbi in Rabbi Bender's yeshiva, and for for quite a few years he was traveling from Lakewood all the way to Far Rockaway because it's it's like the king of yeshivas, and and Rabbi Bender he made such a kiddush Hashem in the way he dealt dealt with Governor Como. He's constantly making a, a kiddush Hashem, and Rabbi Bender as an orphan himself. Is such a sensitive mechanic. He's the he's the mechanic of mechanchim. He, he's the parent of parenting. So you don't want to miss him. You know you don't want to miss him. You're 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 in for a real treat next week. Thank you, everyone. Uh,